0: Featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo. With your host, Patrick Moran.
1: All right, we are going here. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Happy, well, Wednesday, this is dropping. As always, I am joined by my good friend, Aaron Quinn. from. Cover one. What's going on, man? Huh? Feeling a little bit under the weather.
2: I'm under the weather this morning, Pat. I was telling you, something's going on in my stomach. Don't know what it is. Hopefully, it's just something I eat uh, and it just passes through real quick here, and I can get on. Because it's been the weather. You know, we complained about it for probably eight weeks, and now we've had multiple weeks of just perfect spring. Western yeah, New York, Northeast weather. And uh, hoping my stomach bug doesn't keep that uh, keep me away from enjoying it later on. I'm already feeling a little better than I was two hours ago. So well, I, maybe, I think, maybe I think I'm on stomach, the other side.
1: Maybe your stomach bug has something to do with uh, your Tuesday morning. So we take these on Tuesday morning, by the way. Your your Tuesday morning um hot take about garbage plates in Rochester, you saw the way. I do, and I agree with you. So what I'm talking about is the, the PGA Championship is in Rochester this week. Yeah. So the whole golf world has converged. In the Rochester, and Rory McIlroy was speaking or something. His wife's from the area, and they were talking about garbage plates. And yes, Jenna. Con- that one of lifetime. Yeah, Jenna Cottrell was the one who tweeted about. And you, um, you he said, said one garbage plate is good for your lifetime.
2: He said essentially that he like chuckled that he had had a garbage plate, and I was just that's all you need. I think it's fine to go have the experience, but I'm not going to sit here and listen to anyone tell me like that. That is good food that you should seek out. I'm just not, I'm not,
1: I'm not going to hear that. I agree with you. I'm 100% yeah. uh, with you. Speaking of food, Here, so I guess I'm I, go ahead. I, I'll even take it a step further,
2: Pat, just to, mm-hmm. I know this is gonna I love Rochester. I love the fan base of of people. Sure. I have a lot of followers in Rochester. I'm not trying to crap on people from the region. Um, And I'll even say it about Buffalo. Buffalo has like a chip on its shoulder and some things that we locally think are great just aren't. Sponge candy, Loganberry, like this stuff's kind of disgusting, and we I try agree. to regionalize it and make it a thing, and nobody cares. Just be wings, have wings, and let that be our thing. Uh, Rochester is even worse. I think that they even have a complex to Buffalo, and this is from somebody that's just I'm not from the region. I don't have ties to Rochester or Buffalo. But there's uh, more of a complex from Rochester of even oh they've got something we've got to have something and the garbage plate just feels forced to me. I can understand how like college kids that go grow up in that area can get drunk and be like oh garbage plates are great, but as an adult person like that's just it's not my cuisine. I don't understand it. You're welcome to do it. Let people like things like Bruce likes to say, but I think it's an inferiority complex of wanting to have something that's regional that people come to see you uh, and they're gonna force it down your throat.
1: Yeah, I've looked, man, um, no disrespect to your point. You like it, enjoy it. Not for me either. I'm not a, I'm not a garbage plate guy at all. And that is Rochester's uh, big thing. So speaking of food, yesterday on the show, I probably spent about 20 minutes at the top talking with Joe Yerdin about this. Um, I, I was going on a five-day, 120-hour extreme water fast. And I spent 15 minutes talking about it. A good friend of mine, uh, my buddy John, did it last week. And he got through it said he felt great. In fact, I talked to him yesterday. He said he felt great. So I tweeted about it. And I'm telling you, my mentions kind of blew up. And I ended up speaking with uh, a handful of people whose opinions I value and trust. In some cases, literally one of them is a physician. He goes, that's stupid. Don't do it. Um, It's it's a good, it's a quick way to lose weight, but it's also could be potentially, at least for some people, at least anyway, like when you fast for long periods, it's something you kind of got to ease into. You got to work your way into, you can't go cold Turkey. You can't sit there and eat a half a pizza on Sunday night. Like I did. And then, you know, fast for 120 hours the next day. It's not healthy. Anyway, long story short, I cut (laughs) some people were listening to my podcast there on Tuesday. They're like, Really? You're done already. I am done already. I I'm, I got some other things that I'm going to be working on. But yeah, that extreme fast, it was just too much, man.
2: Uh, I don't like to be. There's a lot of people on the Internet that are going to tell you how to be healthy. I mm. will, I'm never going to claim to know. I'm sure that I'm not in a lot of ways. Uh, I do know that that stuff is probably overstated online about how healthy fasting is and who it's for. It's not for everybody. And I do Mm -hmm. think people have to be careful. Um, And I think the older you get, the more careful you have to be the uh, more unhealthy going into it, your lifestyle, the more careful you have to be Uh, anytime you do something like, Jurassic to your body quit anything if you quit coffee if you have been drinking two cups of coffee three cups of coffee for years and you just quit you're gonna have bodily reactions Your body's Mm -hmm. gonna react in ways you don't like you're gonna feel sick like you're gonna have withdrawals And the same thing happens with food and your body's kind of seeking it out and some of it's okay And there's a healthy level of it and it kicks in your ketones and it kicks in your different stuff But there's is also an unhealthy level and you can drop in key nutrients and minerals that your body needs And so I saw a lot of the comments And there was a lot of smart comments in there people trying to tell you to uh, drink water with electrolytes and things like that and try to keep those counts up. And I think a lot of people get into fasting and don't think about it. My only advice to you, Pat, if you're looking to like shed weight and do stuff, do a sugar detox, like straight up cut out sugar, process sugar out of your life for 30 days, you're going to shed a bunch of weight. Drink all the water that you're supposed to in place of the sugar and you'll you'll cut out a bunch of weight. You'll feel a lot healthier. But like right now, uh, my wife and I, she's had some different symptoms, nothing big, but just minor symptoms that maybe is autoimmune related. So we're we're doing an elimination diet where you cut out grain, sugar, certain things, cheeses, dairy and stuff like that. And it's hard. But that stuff does work. We're both going to shed a little bit of weight and we're going to drink a lot of water. And I don't know if it's sustainable or not, but I would say start there where you're still giving your body nutrients. You're still eating healthy stuff, but you're cutting out the shit. It's the shit that's making you gain
1: weight. I'll tell you right now, man. And there were three things. So the abundance of comments was the biggest thing, but also the other two reasons why I decided that this was a bad idea for me is a, I was starting to get, I I lasted maybe 13 hours, 14 Mm -hmm. hours. And I was already starting to get a little bit of headaches, and I know what it was. It was caffeine withdrawals because of pop and and, and coffee. I yeah. already know that. For and the sure. sugar probably has some sure. withdrawal too. Yeah, and and then also going into day two, um, I drive a couple nights a week. I have a, a second job, and and yeah. like I'm gonna feel weak and sluggish, and then I'm gonna go driving six hours consecutively, back to back nights. So I just decided that it wasn't for me. However, I am gonna I am gonna make some changes. I have to. Like I am gonna do some and at least try some intermittent fasting like because sure. here's my biggest problems pop is the number one thing and, and i drink goddamn diet coke i i drink a ton of diet coke so i am completely cutting that out coffee's not so bad because i don't use sugar in my coffee there i either know. i if and if i do it's zero sugar creamer. cream do you cream? yeah yeah it's zero, and if i do a zero at zero sugar creamer or i'll use half and half with no sugar at all so i don't really use sugar in there but that cream's a killer though It is. It for sure. It is. It's better than pop. That's always my thing. It's like better than pop. But anyway, yes. I need to drink more water. And the other thing is, is I. I could get through the days, man. I eat pretty good, like breakfast, lunch, maybe even in the dinner. It's always the nighttime. It's always eight, nine o'clock where I, I, I fuck everything up for the day, you know, whether it's eating a half of a, you know, a half a package of ho-hos in, in one sitting, which I can't even have miles anymore. But just bullshit, yeah. ice cream, stuff like that. I, I give it all back every night, you know. Yep. I want to I want to slim down a little bit. I want to drop some weight, but I also want to feel better. You know, I'm a middle-aged dude, I have COPD. So when I get bloated, I, it's hard to breathe sometimes. Yeah. And that's I know that's because of pop. Pop's like my biggest addiction. It's crazy, yeah, dude. dude. I quit smoking twelve years ago. Yeah. Never looked back. Good then I vape man. for a while, and then I quit vaping eight nine years ago. I never looked back. But like my addiction with drinking diet coke or just diet pop, generally speaking, yeah. it's crazy. It's just I like, think it's hard,
2: man. Low key. Uh, we don't talk about enough. We should get to football at some point here because nobody wants to hear me ramble about like the problems of our society. But do you think low key we don't talk about enough? Like you've all my life, I've heard these conversations about different drugs and the addictions to drugs and the problems of drugs. And mm-hmm. we like openly have addictions to food drugs that are huge problems on our medical system for people. People don't feel good, but they're addicted to it. And it's not their fault. I can't I tell you how many people I've talked to that have tried to quit drinking soda and I'm also I was a former cigarette smoker in my 20s. I quit super hard. So congratulations to you yeah. for that pack Because probably the best thing I've ever done uh, in my life outside of marrying my wife and kids and all that. Uh, it's hard though. And I talk to people that try to quit soda. I never got addicted to it. It was never my thing, but I talked to people that do, and they had, they honestly sound like cigarette smokers trying to get off of it. And I think it's an addiction that we open, we feed it to force feed it to our kids, right? Like yeah. sugar is all over the place and we just, we're okay with it. And it's, it is really unhealthy. Every study that comes out, like there really is no benefit to process sugar in our lives. It is only a negative thing, but it tastes so good. And I'm the same way, dude. When it's in my house, I got kids like there's holidays every three months that is just loading sugar into my house and it's everywhere and it's hard to not. You're right at night. I eat healthy meals, but yeah, it's that nighttime snacking where it's like, hey, there's some Oreos. Let me just grab a whole sleeve and pound them down.
1: You got to you got to understand what your weaknesses are yeah. and, and then try to avoid them. In my case, I just don't have willpower. If I have a two liter of Diet Coke in my fridge, it's getting dragged. If I have a package of ice cream sandwiches in the freezer, I'm going to eat them. It's as simple as that. I can't not eat them. Just don't be,
2: don't go too hard on yourself for too long of a time. A uh, 30 day reset's fine. But anyone that's like, I have some friends that just take it too far. They won't let anything enter their body that isn't like a clean food. No, 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 bro you only get one trip around this planet and have some freaking ice cream. Enjoy uh, yourself.
1: <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Dude? I agree. The one thing though, I am definitely, I'm I'm going to try to cut out for good is pop. And I need yeah. to drink more water for sure. That's the one thing that I want to be more than anything else. If, if one thing comes out of this to be sustainable is that I start drinking more water and no pop. And just that alone, I think would, uh, you will be a little better. bit healthier. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're going to get into some bills talk in just a few minutes here, but, one of the things we like to do on this podcast is we always talk about music. We always yeah. find a way to talk about that shit. And nine out of 10 times, it's stuff that we like. I decided to kind of flip it up uh, and do something a little bit different this week. I asked Aaron and I gave him kind of a homework assignment. I wanted to come up for from time to time. We do the TV power rankings. And today we're both power ranking our top 10 least favorite songs of all time. Again, we always talk about songs that we love today. I wanted to focus on songs that we don't. I'm going to pull up a graphic and Aaron, your your list will go first. You can go through them. If you're watching this on the video side, you'll be able to see it. If you're listening on the audio side, Aaron will uh, go through them for you. But anyway, this is Aaron's top 10 worst songs ever. Now, one thing too, before you get into these, Tomorrow, you're going to hear a song and you're be like, oh, my God, I can't believe yeah, I didn't put sure. that in my top 10. I freaking hate that song. I know I'm going to as well. But as of the time when we felt, you know, in the mood to to come up with 10. Through the weekend. Through yeah. the weekend. Exactly. So you could kick it off here. These are Aaron Quinn's 10 worst songs ever. Go cool. So first order, too.
2: Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about most of them here. A lot of it comes from, and I think this is your exercise, too, is I worked in a bar and restaurant for years. Mm-hmm. And I, I've spent a lot of time at. Also, like places where there's karaoke often, and so a lot of this is influenced by just absolute terrible karaoke butcherings of these songs. But we'll start at the bottom. Friends in low places. Uh, Again, I hung out at a lot of galactic bowling as a kid, karaoke's, and just in our bar, we had a juke joint bar at our restaurant and uh, had live music and stuff, and you just drunks singing this is not fun just like hearing it at one in the morning is just not i hate it i'll never be cool to me there's nothing cool about bragging about hanging out in shitty dive bars (laughs) also
1: my wife's gonna be mad at you for that that's ah, fine garth I, I agree i look at it i wouldn't put it on my list but it's probably the most overrated garth brooks song anyway go ahead. for
2: sure and it's just like an mm-hmm. annoying anthem sure that people go. start singing out uh hanging uh no that's l- later uh who let the dogs out super annoying song i don't really have to go into that it's just a, i don't know how it slid so far up the charts in the 90s with all the great music that was there uh stairway to heaven is actually a very good song i love led zeppelin It's how it's been used in our society, like high school dances. Get that shit out of here. There's so many good love songs like and then there's that like weird pause in the middle where nobody knows what to do, like how it became what it was in our society from the drug riddled 70s to being a, a high school student in 2000, having to listen to it at high school dances makes no sense to me. And for that reason, being there, like I just always hated that aspect of I don't know if you experienced that in high school, if they played it at all your dances, too. I feel like it was almost always played at dances from middle school through.
1: Probably. Um, and I, I like it. this is probably the one song on your list. Well, actually, there's two songs on your list. So that I'm like, really? This is my this is my shit. You uh, like steroid Heaven? I, I do like steroid. Heaven. Again,
2: it's just the use. I like the song. I like Led sure, Zeppelin. Sure, uh, Seven, because I got high again. It, similar Great to choice. Who Let the Dogs Out. It's just a stupid song. And uh, I am all for people smoking weed as much as they want. Talk about as much as you want. But this was just a dumb anthem. Agreed. Of, d- of dumb, stupid pot smokers that just want to be like, "Oh, I got <laughs> high and get uh, high as fun," and it just annoys me. It really does. Six Duhos. This is more of a this style of music, and it, this represents just an idea for me that if your music sounds angry and hateful, I don't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. I only want music to feel good. I don't have angry bones in me unless the bills are losing. Other than that, <laughs> I don't want to hear, like, this stuff just does, does nothing for me. Absolutely. I hate country, but I hate, like, angry music mm-hmm. even more. Um, yeah, but I, I know you're going to not like this choice here at number five. Yeah, Usher featuring not, Little yeah, John. Yeah, I'm not
1: a fan of this choice.
2: What, what it was for me, Pat, is this era of music um, coming out of, like, the... Mid to late '90s, where you had like really emerging of hip hop R and B and remixes and good sounds, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, all these lils started coming onto the scene—Lil Wayne, Lil John—and it just sounded absolutely terrible to me. Mm-hmm. Everything about Lil John's voice, I hate. Like, and then that, when it became like Chappelle obviously did like, yeah, and everybody's doing it all the time, and uh he's not talented well john is not a talented person and he became like a huge star for a small period of time for just for shouting on records and i just i hated that whole style of rap and i love usher and so usher having a super heavily popular song that has this idiot uh, associated to it drove
1: me nuts. so
2: <laughs> it's uh achy breaky heart billy ray cyrus good I choice just, stupid song it's just it. a really annoying twangy song i don't want it uh picture by sheryl crow and kid rock i actually don't like either of these people i don't like any of their music and so them coming together for a super annoying song pat you know me um, uh my my list of favorite songs is probably a lot of people's worst songs i love ballads i love mushy songs me too. Me this too. one sucks it's just not it
1: this spoiler alert is not the last time you'll be hearing about this song. Yeah, right, go ahead.
2: I'm sure this one is at 142. <laughs> Number two is hanging tough. New kids on the block. It's a stupid song. They sound stupid. They don't look tough. Nothing about new kids on the block is cool at all. They're a bunch of idiots.
1: This is going to surprise you. I agree with you. I love new kids on the block. You and I disagree. Sure. On how we This song with didn't fit. I they were. This, yeah, this song was just look, I know it's a cheesy, whack era of music, but this that shit was just too whack. Particularly that was a whack. song agree, so bar. I'm actually with you on that one
2: and the number one is the like most all- time butchered song in every dive bar <laughs> in the whole country is amazed by Lone Star. like you can't go to a karaoke night without hearing it. You can't go to a dive bar without hearing it over a weekend, and I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate every remake of it. I hate the twang of it. and again, I love love songs, and it probably should be good. I think it's just been over everything to me.
1: real quick anecdote, and I don't like the song either, by the way, but real quick anecdote to, to Lone Star before I get to my list. My wife when i first met her was a singer and she actually she performed at dumb tire park taste of country um some contest there she, anyway long story short she recorded in nashville before and the person that wrote songs for her and she recorded with was um keach rainwater's mother keach rainwater is the drummer for lone star and the year where my wife performed at it was Dum tire park at the time the taste of country there was some kind of local contest anyway Lone Star actually came out, the drummer came out and was doing the sound check and stuff with her. So kind of had that connection to Lone Star. Long story short, I agree. I I'm not a fan of that song. And there were a couple yeah. of Lone Star songs I liked. That one was not one of them. But um yeah, little Moran family connection though to uh I like it. Your wife's song. gonna hate my list then. No, well, I think she's gonna, sh- she'll hate that you had any Garth Brooks song on there. <laughs> and I'm gonna show her this too. She's like the biggest Garth Brooks fan in the world, but that is an overrated song. Like yeah. there's, Garth Brooks has a lot of good music. That is sure. not one of his uh, good songs. So, anyway, all right, so that was Aaron's list. Let's get to mine here. I'm gonna start at number 10 uh, Sweet Home Alabama. I have the Kid Rock version written down. I, I hate that also not that big of a fan of the original Leonard Skinner version either. I'm just going to be completely honest with you, but I just, to your point, I, I don't like Kid Rock. I think he's one of the most overrated artists out there. I hate even calling him an artist. I, I don't think he's got much talent at all. I got a couple songs in my list that are older than yours. I think maybe the sure. age gap might show a little bit. Number nine, uh, We Are Family. Uh, you hear it at every goddamn wedding by Sister mm-hmm. Sledge. Um not really much to add. An old song. I I just, I don't like it. It's annoying yeah. to listen to. It's annoying to watch people at a wedding dance to that song. We're being haters, by the way, here. so This is what it is, right? we songs. Yeah. yeah. Number eight. Now, listen, man. I don't hate country music, modern country. There's a lot of country that I do enjoy, but some of the main, most mainstream popular country songs, I can't stand. And one of them, I have number eight, at eight here, "Cruise" by Florida Georgia Line. I just hate the way the guy sounds when he sings. I hate the lyrics. I I just think it's really corny. I particularly
2: Uh, hate this group. I've heard them like three or four times. And
1: just stay in your lane. Agreed. Make some of music. Yeah. yeah. I lived now living in Florida for five years. I mean, they're popular all over, but they're really popular in Florida. I I I hate that group. I think they suck. Uh, Number seven. This one, man. I don't. uh, Shiny happy people. I, I, I can see why people would like this song. It just, I don't know. It just, maybe it's because. To your point, I bartended for a long time. Restaurants, been around a lot of karaoke, the jukebox. And this is a song that people just sing in an annoying loudness to me. I don't know. I just it's such I a didn't 90s get this song. vibe
2: for me as a 90s kid that there's a couple on here. But this one to me stood out.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that's seven, six. I got all star by Smash Mouth. Just it. You now you're a rock star. Yeah. Stupid song. I hate it. Yeah, it is. Uh, Number five, this is a more modern country song, country slash rap, uh, Old Town Road. I, I, I don't like, what am I going to say? The lyrics are stupid. I, I, I was going to start singing them, but then I would sound like a complete moron. So I'm not going to do it. And but it anyways, sucks
2: because it's catchy and it'll get stuck in your head.
1: It is, but I don't want it to be stuck in my head because I don't, I don't it. like it.
2: Yo, I got little kids right now. And uh, there's like the kids pop version of all these songs and mm-hmm. stuff. And that this little Nas X one, not anymore. My kids have like worn it out. But when kids I think, you know, this When kids get uh, well, you probably your kid didn't have a, uh, access to like an Amazon Echo.
0: My kids no. can just
2: say, play this song and it plays on repeat all day. And they played this thing on repeat. For uh, months dude it is a terrible song I hate yeah, it yeah I, hate
1: it. I absolutely hate it uh number four Love Shack by the B-52s yeah. probably well there's two karaoke songs that I hear heard a lot through the years that really annoyed me and this one is the second worst one uh the worst one which is number three on my list Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf It song goes well you like the song it rest, goes on forever rest in peace love man, Meatloaf, man. Well, I'm sorry he's dead, but it doesn't make his song any good, man. I, I hate this song. I re- I really do. It's my least favorite karaoke It is a long song, yeah, ever. Uh, number two. Look, not I'm not anti-feminist whatsoever, but yeah, I was alive by Gloria Gaynor. God, I, there's so many better songs from that era, that disco era, than this song. Yeah. And this song is always played, and it's always at the forefront of everything. And again, another wedding song. I just ugh, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate vibe. when
2: it's used as like, again, I'm not going to say I'm the most feminist guy ever. But like, if you knew my lifestyle in my house, I like I'm very much in support of women. But me to too. me, this the one that annoys me about this song is the girls that are like from breakups and like empowering themselves from a breakup with a man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get over this there's probably better songs for that.
1: There's, there's a million better female empowerment songs than yeah. this one. That's all yeah. I'm saying, man. I agree. I, I hate that song. And then yeah. number one, the one song that we actually agreed with, this is number one on my list, why my least favorite song ever, Pitcher by Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock. I agree with you. I, I cannot stand Kid Rock. I think he sucks. I actually He's saw him terrible. in concert. Yeah. I saw him in concert at Darien Lake one time, and that was just about party and the The show sucked. It was stupid. And I don't hate Cheryl Crow, but I think Cheryl Crow is very overrated during that era. Yeah, she just she we just talked about this last week. I didn't really bring her up last week, but she went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last week or was named an inductee. I don't like that. I don't agree with that. I think Sidney Lauper should have been the female kind of pop star to go in this year. And anyway, just everything about that song, the, the, the slow, boring pace of it, the the lyrics. How long Again, was that on the billboard charts
2: too? I feel like it was all over the radio. It was a
1: very popular song. And I know there's going to be a lot of people out there, mainly rednecks probably, that are going to be pissed off at both of us for having this in our, uh, both of us having this in our list. I just, I hate this song with such a passion and it bothers me. You put this on at a jukebox, Aaron, we could go to any bar with people there. And if you put this on the jukebox, there's going to be a good amount of people who are singing along word for word with it absolutely cannot stand that song man oh gets to me a little bit anyway so are you looking it up
2: i am trying to look it up here it was peaked at number four in april 2003 uh peaked on the country at number 21 um so yeah Eh, yeah whatever maybe not as hot as i thought but i remember that thing being all over the radio yeah
1: i I do think anytime we talk
2: Anytime we talk music, Pat, anytime I talk music, I'm for sure going to piss off the South. I'm for sure going <laughs> to piss off a bunch of <laughs> angry too. folks. Like country is very popular and I just don't get it. And so is like the angry stuff that I talked about like that. angry yeah. music. Like, I just don't get it. I'm really um, I like the style that I find. I'm like very much hip hop, R&B, EDM, electronic music. I like some like, rock and roll and classic rock and and some of the jam band stuff too like i've got other tastes but those spectrums like the super twangy the super angry i just i just need a a mellow vibe dude
1: i'm telling you i think i could sell you if i've really tried hard i think i could sell you some on modern country music because some of it there's a lot of good ballots i'm generalizing right yeah i mean we all do that with some music i'm sure there's even some angry music that you actually like a little bit here and there but country music has grown on me i used to hate country music but I'm, 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 I'm not all in now, but I'm more in than I was before. And I realize there's a lot of good slow songs, ballads, country ballads. Like I would get into songs now that for country fans, they're, they're 10 years old and I'm just discovering here's some the, of them right now.
2: Here's the thing that I always come back to about that. I agree. Some mm-hmm. of my favorite love songs growing up were country songs mm-hmm. that were converted by R&B artists, R&B songs. And the R&B versions are better. Like yeah. it. Like, <laughs> go look at the ones Brian McKnight. Well, I was gonna, uh, dot music.
1: instantly, Brian McKnight.
2: Uh, yeah. all for one did it in the nineties. Like those were originally country songs that they mm-hmm. converted into an R and B song, and they had major success. And it just sounded better.
1: Look what Whitney Houston did with uh, "I Will Always Love You." She took Dolly Barton's song I made mean, to uh, one of the most iconic hits ever. All right, let's take a, a quick break. Come back, and we're going to put AFC teams into tears. Be right back.
0: All right, I'm back here
1: with Aaron Quinn. So here's what we did, or what I did anyway. I took all 16 teams in the AFC and I put them into what I think are six tiers to where they should be. I'm gonna put this list up. Actually, I don't even Aaron hasn't even seen this yet either. So let me slap it up here on the screen. I'm gonna run through them for people on the audio side. And then I kind of want to get your opinion on uh, you know, where you think they some of these teams should be they should be ranked a little bit higher or maybe a little bit lower in some cases. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom, the tier six. And there's six tiers. I should have said that too. And I don't have more than three in any tier. That's kind of the one rule I made for myself. So I got uh, to see. That's why I messed up. All right. Mine. I didn't. All right. I, and I didn't we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about this. So I'm, I'll, I'll run through mine and, and then we'll get a discussion on what you think. Tier six. I got three teams at the bottom. Um, Houston, Tennessee, and, and Indianapolis. I think these are maybe the three of the only teams, there might be one other team that I really think has no legitimate chance to do much damage here in the AFC. I think in the, this case, and maybe we'll hit on this at the end, these are like teams that might be squaring the mix or Caleb Williams in, in 2024, you maybe. know? And I know a couple teams like Tennessee and Indy just took quarterbacks in the first round, so maybe not them, uh, or I'm sorry, Houston. Yeah, Houston and Indianapolis, and so Tennessee took one in the second round In too. the second, yeah. So that might be an interesting thing, how it plays out. But anyway, I'm not going to really discuss that much. Houston, Tennessee and Indianapolis is in my bottom tier tier five. I got New England, Pittsburgh and Vegas, um, New England, Pittsburgh. I, I kind of feel like are the same type of teams competitive, mm-hmm. but I really I don't think they're really that dangerous. Um, Vegas, I, could, I honestly I could have put Vegas in that sixth tier. I think they're in a tough division. Um, um, I, I just, I'm not a fan of that team. There's a lot of yeah. holes on that roster. Tier four, I got Cleveland and Denver. Um, I, I think Cleveland could be a real sleeper team this year. Um, if Deshaun Watson's just decent, uh, they can run the football, uh, pretty good offensive line. And Just and got Zedarius Smith. Y- yep, they just traded for Smith. I, I think they got a pretty good defense. Um, that AFC North could be sneaky packed this year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I got Denver in tier four. I, I just don't know what to make of them. They, they sucked last year. Champagne um, you will know, help them. How much remains to be seen. Tier yeah. three, uh, spelled the name wrong on the graphic. That's all right. right now. Jacks, Jacksonville and Baltimore. I got in tier three. I think Jacksonville's the clear uh, favorite in a very weak division, so that's why I would have them up that high. Plus, I think they got a pretty good team. Baltimore's mm-hmm. got the Lamar Jackson situation is no longer hanging over their head. They added two really good receivers, one through free agency, one in the first round of the draft. So. I think Baltimore could be right there. Then tier two, I got Miami, uh, the New York Jets, and the Los Angeles Chargers, all three of them there. Um, I'll get your take on those in a minute. And then tier one, no surprise. I, I guess it would be, if there was a surprise, it would be maybe some people might only have Kansas City or Kansas City, Cincinnati, and tier one. I, I still got all three of them. I think they're, they're interchangeable, and I think on any given week, any of these teams could be the best team in the uh, AFC. I'm talking about, of course, yeah. Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. What are your thoughts?
2: Uh, so the only differences, really, I have here, we were the same on the bottom tier. I only had five tiers because I didn't know the three tier per
1: mm-hmm.
2: no. team. But the way I was looking at it was, I had uh, the same on my bottom tier: Texas Titans, Colts. My tier four, my second bottom tier was uh, also Patriots, Raiders, and but I had the Broncos down there with them i just i don't believe in russ and i don't actually know that i believe in sean payton to be honest
1: okay that's very fair sure
2: um and my tier three is baltimore ravens uh jacksonville jaguars the browns and the steelers and i agree with you on the browns i think that they should be maybe in this conversation and I, i agree with your points on the nfc north and i actually I'm big right now on the Steelers. I think they finished the season strong. I liked what we saw to Kenny Pickett. You're going to get back a healthy TJ Watt. Like, that defense is still good. They seem to always just plug in guys and be annoyingly kind of nipping at everybody's heels all the time. So, I'm not going to count them out until they are out. Uh, And then I do have it clearly defined uh, that that Tier 2 is Miami and the New York Jets. And I honestly, like... Some of these tier three teams, I'm not sure how far off of those teams they are, but then I do think there's a clear line of KC, Cincy and the bills up at the top. And I agree with your point. I do think there's probably people that would just put KC standalone at the top. And I can hear those arguments if you want to make them, but I would counter it with, you know, last year and I forget who it was tweeted out. Um, one of the former PFF guys, I'll have to find it and let you know. So you can put it in show notes or something, but he tweeted out that, you know, like, with every major statistic and analytic until Von Miller went down, the bills were the best team and they yeah. like, they had beaten Kansas city, right? Like they've done it in the regular season. Uh, I think that there's real good arguments either way on Cincinnati or Buffalo. Uh, we haven't really seen that play out in the regular season, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that th- those teams are right there in the mix. And if you play 10 out of t- 10 time series, I think you split most of them with both these teams. Like that's how close I think it is. So I liked your tears for the most part. Um, If I probably had to do it to your uh, more confined to three teams, it would probably look more similar to yours. I just bunched up that. I really think that there's that group in the middle, Ravens, Chargers, Jags, Browns, Steelers, where that to me seems like an even race right now on paper.
1: If Pittsburgh is as good as you think they could be, which is very, very possible, and if Cleveland, why have in tier four, if they're competitive and good, and I have every reason to think they could be, I think that AFC North this year could be, like, really good because you have Baltimore, who's, I mean, I would be really surprised, provided, of course, Lamar Jackson could stay healthy, which could be an issue. Um, if he stays healthy, Baltimore's right there. And, of course, you got Cincinnati, which, yeah. you know, again, on any given day, I can consider Cincinnati the best team in this conference um, from top to bottom. I mean, they got a really good football team. So you got Cincy, you got Baltimore, you got Cleveland, you got Pittsburgh. Now, everyone talks about the AFC East being such a a tough division, and it very well could be. I The AFC North, to me, seems every bit as tough. Not
2: from what we're saying, though, Pat, because we both have Miami and New York in Tier 2, a full tier above these other NFC North teams, Mm -hmm. with the Bills in Tier 1. So we're saying, in our opinions here, that we very much think the AFC East is a hair better than this other. They might have more. All four of their teams have some ability to be competitive. You know, the Patriots roster is interesting. There's that Mac Jones, right? Like that's the problem there is that that QB is by far the worst of what we're talking about here and nobody believes in that. So maybe if they could get some decent quarterback play, they could be annoying. The problem for Bill's fans and even Cincinnati fans uh, right now is when you look at our list, I don't think that our lists are re- unreasonable. I don't agree with making record predictions this time of year or anything like that. I agree. These are the top teams and you're going to have a real log jam if you don't win your division for those extra wild card spots uh in the playoffs. If one of these divisions doesn't beat up on each other in the way people think they will, you know, you could have multiple teams from the AFC East, multiple teams from the NFC North and you're going to be fighting for those spots. So I think you know, we've talked about having to win the division many years in a row and I do believe it's important. I think you want to win, win the one seed, all that stuff, but it might be more important than ever this year to to make sure you're locking up that one seed so you're not competing with these other tier two and three teams that we believe are really good going into the end of the season. Cause you could end up jockeying out of place uh, with some of these teams,
1: by the way, uh, shout out Howard Simon. He was on WGR on Tuesday morning. He was actually in studio for the, his pick the bills. segment. Mm. He did pick the bills to go 12 and five. Let me ask you this question. So we, yeah, yeah. we look at this list of all these tiers in the AFC. If you had to say right now, and this is so ridiculously unfair to, to ask you this in May, but I'm going to do it anyway. You look at the all these teams in the AFC, who do you think has the biggest potential to be last year's uh, Denver Bronco? A team, that, a team that we thought would be good, that really underperformed and, and, and underwhelmed pretty much across the board. Now, I might look at this and say Denver might repeat itself and be that same team again uh, this year. But it's tough because I feel like this is, for the most part, a, a pretty loaded conference. But do you see a team that you look at and you're like, A lot of people are high on this team, and they very well could be good, but I could also easily see this team being, like I said, last year's Denver Broncos where they just really underperform.
2: Yeah, to me, it's the two AFC East teams, Miami and the Jets. I think the Jets probably have the more likelihood where you can see ways where it would go south. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, while... A huge improvement over Zach Wilson. He is aging. He does come with some baggage, whether it's perceived or not, in terms of his persona and how he deals with the media. And how, at, w- there's questions about how all of this is going to work. So you can see that sort of just not working. And people have warned Aaron Schatz, <coughs> of football outsiders has warned like the sustainability of the Jets health on the defensive side of the ball that historically is not held up. So he's not expecting them to be able to stay as healthy throughout the entire season with that talented defense, which should in turn impact how what they're able to do for performance from that defense that we saw last year so those things sort of line up to saying hey they could probably fall fat flat from the national buzz and really be maybe struggling to get that last playoff spot uh in miami obviously there's questions about Tua's health my thing with miami is i've come a little bit off of my stance on mike mcdaniel he's a much smarter offensive mind than i gave him credit for when he came he really is like i think a lot of people get labeled that and they're not just wrote really mm-hmm. coattails of really good offenses he does some real genius stuff with the offensive side of the ball I still don't believe in him necessarily as a head coach of an organization that's going to be the right head coach to do the things that they need him to do so I can see that being again kind of this season where it's a very explosive offense a lot of fun everybody's talking about it they just don't have all the pieces to put it together and it falls flat of expectation
1: I tend to agree with you. I think the Jets, they, they could go either way. They're an enigma to me this year because of Aaron Rodgers. I think they have a very good roster, not counting, uh, but, you know, before they had Aaron Rodgers. I thought the Jets were a good team who just needed competent quarterback play, which I think Aaron Rodgers could provide. But you yep. can look at it from him being old and going to a new team like Russell Wilson did last year and kind of getting those same results. Russell Wilson. Nate Hackett. Russell Wilson. Yeah, got Nate Hackett again involved. Russ Wilson did not lack weapons last year. That's for damn sure. There's plenty sure. of women in Denver. And they had a
2: good defense.
1: Yeah, and right. they had a good defense. And I kind of feel the same way about the Jets. Jets got a good defense. They got Garrett Wilson. They got Lazard. They got uh, Brees Hall coming back. They got plenty of weapons on offense. So you can look at it as like, maybe it takes Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. Or maybe it takes them time to, to build up that continuity. I will say, though, if you're a Jets fan and you're looking for optimism, I did hear a stat. In fact, just yesterday, in fact, where I heard, and I didn't think of this, but the Rams with Matt Stafford, they won a super, their Super Bowl the first year with Stafford was their quarterback, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's first year as their quarterback. So Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, and the Jets winning the Super Bowl, you know, a quarterback with a new team, it would not be unprecedented at all. Um, I, I just, I don't buy them. And Miami, to your point, they're, they're so dependent. On two, just like the Bills though. I mean, are on Josh Allen as well. If Josh Allen doesn't go down, or if he struggles, then the Bills could be in trouble. But I don't know, man. And then the other team that I, I think is the Chargers. It's just something about this team that just seem like they should always be better than they are. But I know injuries have been a huge factor the last couple of years. But like Justin Herbert on paper is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I just they always find nobody ways to lose, in, though, ain't it?
2: Nobody believes in Brandon Staley, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, just, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, we'll see how that plays out quickly before we get to our uh, fill in the blank thing to end our show here. Um, Positional group. So I talked a little bit about this with Joe Yerd and somebody I can't remember. One of the mainstream outlets was talking about each team going through and what is and asking what is your weakest positional group right now? What do you think right now at this time is the Bill's weakest positional group? Because I wanted to say linebacker, but then I'm like, all right, yeah, they might have a hole right now at middle linebacker, but they only play two, and your other linebacker is literally a first-team All-Pro. So, how much of a, you know, a positional weakness is that when one of your two linebackers is one of the best linebackers in the NFL? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, it's and, tough because you know,
2: if you're going to uh, say something what? about like offensive line or tackle, then you have to also associate. Well, we have Deion Dawkins, but Spencer Brown's not super great, right? Like that conversation mm-hmm. still exists for some of the other positions that we'd be talking about. But what was the point you were going to make?
1: I was going to say that I don't think this has taken a homeristic point of view when you look at the Bills roster and it's really hard to find a, a true weakness. I uh, we don't need to discuss quarterback. Running back's got plenty of upside. Wide receiver, you got one of the best receivers in the NFL. And I still like Gabe Davis. And they got better depth there now. Um, defensive tackle, I had a Puna Jones. Like I said, linebacker, I only played two of them. I love the secondary, at least maybe not for the future at safety, but I certainly love it this year. I, there's not really positions that are very weak on the bills right now. I mean, again, maybe some might be a little more stronger than others. I probably yeah. would say the offensive line, but I don't necessarily think the offensive line is a weak spot.
2: You know, it's uh there's three spots to me that are, in my opinion, flaws that need upgrading, at least on paper right now, mm-hmm. how I perceive it. Guard could be not what we think it is with all the additions that might not. That render, would suck. Yeah, they that would suck. But, uh, none of them are slam dunks. Uh, but they at least put enough bodies there that I feel good. Uh, Spencer Brown, I'm not going to stop talking about it. To me, that's a weakness until I see it from him that he's more consistent. Um, to have that only as your starter with no true competition for him feels like a flaw in your uh, roster, maybe the missing thing that you have. I agree with you. The linebacker is probably in this conversation, but because you have, like you said, Milano there, but more to me, it's the depth and competition Maybe isn't as high end ceiling as Spencer Brown can be, but at least they have a real competition at that position. We're going to see some iron sharpens iron and guys getting better this offseason and pushing at that spot. And so I'm hoping that that brings out a better result for that position than we're going to get at right tackle. Uh, The other sneaky one would be not knowing the return timeline for Von Miller would be the edge position in that mm-hmm. you have greg Rousseau, who i think is a high level talent but then you have really a bunch of probably subpar b- below average sure. rotational edge rushers and that's fine when you have Von miller it's not great when you don't and i don't know how long that's going to be so there's like that's kind of a sneaky hole in my opinion that's kind of sitting out there with a lot of unknown around it
1: we'll talk about it in future weeks but without question spencer brown becoming a good tackle terrell bernard surprising with a lot of people especially me And being a good middle linebacker would be a a nice addition. Mm. And then I'd say maybe Boogie Basham or AJ Impinesi. Either one of those guys really stepping up and having the kind of year that you hope that a a second round pick could have. Those would be uh, big additions. All right, so we're going to finish with our uh, weekly fill-in-the-blank segment. I read off four questions to Aaron, just life stuff, pop culture stuff. And uh, he'll give us his answer. Let's start. All right, here we go. A movie that makes me cry every time I see it is Blake. I got two here. One, because it's a Christmas movie. Klaus.
2: It's an good animated one. animated Christmas I like movie. That. It touches my heart and warms me up every single time I watch it. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it with your whole family. Fantastic story. Uh, the other one is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey. That's
1: Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. That's have you ever seen one. that one? I have.
2: It, uh, I've watched it. It's maybe like the third or fourth most watched movie that I've ever seen. And I used to go with a buddy of mine and we would watch it at this little local indie theater in our town. And, uh, the story behind it, like it really, the perspective, right? Like sometimes you think you want to forget something or you don't want something in your life. And then like the way they, the cinematography of how they saw him, like losing those memories. And like, it just, I watched it at a really young age and gave me a lot of perspective of like, Hey, even when things seem bad in the moment. Like you want to hold on to that. So that is all the stuff life's made up of. And it, it just hits me in the feeling, even talking about it. Just no movie had like more of a philosophical like wow breakthrough
1: for me than that one. Sure. I, I'm gonna tell you right now too I'm I don't know if I've talked about this before, at least not to you. I'm a big crier dude. I cry yeah, I can see so that. often at movies. I I'm a very emotional dude wear my heart in my sleeve constantly cry at movies, happy cries, sad cries uh, TV shows as well, but we're talking movies here. I, I've talked about this movie a million times because it's probably my favorite movie or one of them of all time. It's not a sad movie, but Rocky III because mm-hmm. when Mickey dies in Rocky III, I swear to you, dude, if we put it on right now and put it on this screen, I probably would start shedding a tear or two when he cries. Rocky's reaction and, and Paulie and everybody in the locker room, and this is after the first Clever Lane fight, and by the way, I'm giving a spoiler away. The movie's from 1982, so I feel like I can uh, give a spoiler away at this point. But yeah, man, Mickey dying each and every single time I watch Rocky III, which again, I, I watch it mainly for inspiration. I love the movie. I love the action. The first Rocky, the first two Rocky movies felt a little bit old school, which they were, whereas yeah. Rocky III kind of felt a little more modern with the times in the 80s. But anyway, yeah, when Mickey dies, dude, I just I, I lose it every, mm-hmm. uh, every single time. All right, here we go. An underrated actor or actress is, and I'm sure there's lots of choices,
2: but there's a ton of choices. And I, I think this will be like the music thing. Is as soon as I get off here, I'm going to see some sure clip or something I'm like, oh, that's the guy I should have picked. Uh, for me, it's Dominic West. Do you know the
1: name Dominic? West? I, I, it sounds familiar.
2: He did. You ever see The Wire? Yes, McNulty.
1: Oh, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now uh, you say that, hell yeah. I knew the guy's face, yeah, I know his face real well, but yeah. the name I, I didn't put the name to it. Yeah, he sure.
2: uh, also, uh, Showtime show The Affair, which yeah, I watched really. It. I watched, I it. love his role. I watched, there.
1: The, just, I love the early seasons, yes, seasons, the way they wrote that, the, dropped a little bit, but yeah, the
2: perspectives of how they're anyway. That the first season was really good, and he's in I the I wedding just, singer. Why did, every time I see him, he's just a good actor. And yeah. when you said underappreciated, I just that role in McNulty is one of my favorites uh, in TV all the time. That whole show's great. And the, the way his character was developed, fantastic to me. And so I, I loved his role there. So I want to give him a little flowers here.
1: Today. You know, we talk about you know, male uh, sex objects in movies like Matthew McConaughey and Ashton Kutcher and all these great rom-coms, you know, um, and, and we talk about them all the time. People sleep on Hugh Grant. That's my pick. I'm a big Hugh Grant a fan, movies, man. Yeah. He's been in a lot of good movies. I love Notting Hill with him and Julia Roberts. He was awesome in that role. Um, love Actually. It's a well, some people might argue it's not a Christmas movie. You might be one of them. <laughs> um, I love, I love them in that movie uh, about a boy, uh, music and lyrics. The Gentleman, which was a, a serious role. Um, Two weeks' notice with Sandra Bullock. That was actually an awesome movie as well. So. I'm a big Hugh Grant fan. I think he's, I think people sleep on him when it comes to those, like I said, those male, sexy, rom com type of uh, lead actors. Like Hugh Grant a lot. Uh, What else we got here? We got two more. I don't, I don't like this question. I'm gonna ask you it. I don't like it because I don't even have a good answer, but I'm gonna ask you at least a a worldwide known company I'd like to work for is so if you had to work like in the corporate world and you go work for any big corporate company anywhere that you want to do would you yeah. want to work for
2: so i'm gonna cop out i usually do it once a time here none i'm gonna answer none of the above i don't want <laughs> I, I don't know. i don't want to work for anyone at all anywhere ever at any point in time and two you can ask my wife and i'm not even joking about myself here i don't i don't even think i'm capable of like working at a place that has an hr department and like has well, rules no dude i'm not i haven't done it ever in my life really like in high school a little bit I worked in a restaurant for 20 years, then I owned my own business and I've been freelancing since like I just I'm s- the restaurant uh, industry years rewired my brain. So I don't have an appropriate governor for like making appropriate comments and jokes and saying things that may like and listening to HR rules and things like that. Like there's none that exists in restaurants. I'm not saying anything that people that work in restaurants don't know. But none of that world exists. And so I am I swear all the time. I cuss all the time. I say really inappropriate things. I'm not a bad guy. But I, I don't think I could work in any where I have to sign any waivers or anything.
1: I I figured that you were going to have a hard time coming up with one. Usually when I come up with these questions, I start thinking in, in my mind, like, well, what do I think Aaron is going to say? And more often than not, uh, you surprise me. I'm not completely surprised by this. Yeah. I will say, though. That one thing I know you like doing and that you do very well is graphic work, you know, doing stuff that graphic artists do. Sure. So I'm, I was trying to picture myself in my mind, like maybe you design some ads for like Nike sure. or something. You know what I'm saying? I'm I could, stuff I could see you in in that mm-hmm. field. We're both copping out here because I really don't have one either. I would say maybe it would be fun to work for a uh, a major record label. You know, to be involved, depending on what kind of what your role is, and this is kind of a really a a lame duck question to ask you because you know I should have said what kind of role do you want to do too? Like you could put me in somewhere I have something to do where I can work directly with artists, maybe doing something in the music world, like working for Motown or something like that would be uh would be something that would probably be a lot of fun. All right, last question here that we get out. Um, The best thing about my teenage years was. For me, Pat,
2: it uh, unfortunately (laughs) to my high school education and how much I was able to get out of that, it was all about girls and flirting and dating and love songs and dances (laughs) and all that stuff, man. I just I like talking to girls on the phone. I Mm like I like going out like that new love feeling, even breaking up and going through all that, like all of that process of being just like a young crazed hormonal kid It just was so much fun. And I hope that people get to experience
1: that. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a little bit old and maybe a little bit cliche and corny here. But for me, it's just it, it was the friendships from high school or being a teenager. You know what I mean? The, a lot of friends that I, I became friends with when I was a teenager, I still seek out to this day. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about having a birthday party and mm-hmm. it meant a lot to me that people that I went to school with some 30 years ago or so met out for my birthday at the bar and, and we had a really good time. But yeah, I look back and I'm like, y- y- you hung out so much, so much, um, you hung out more often with people and you did more things with people in person. Whereas yeah. these teenagers now, my kids were, and yeah, where your kids are heading when they get older, they're going to do a lot of stuff online, interactive, things like that, which is fun and it's cool too, but it's, it's not quite the same as getting outside sure. and playing football in the street and playing floor hockey in the street. So by the way, next week, I found this perfect meme, but I'm saving it for next week, a, a conversation about parenting and the gap with your kids right now and my kids who ain't kids no more. And it kind of mm-hmm. got me, it got me thinking about something that would be interesting to talk about. We'll do Let's that do next yeah. week. Yeah. Kids so are weird anyway, now. Yeah, they're <laughs>
2: super
1: weird. <laughs> That's true. All right. Make sure you give. Up. Oh, by the way, too, check out Locked On Bills, uh, Joe Marino this week, he's doing this series on uh, t- 10 most important players to feature the Buffalo Bills. He had 10 guys. I was lucky enough to be one of them on his panel. We did these video segments. Your partner, uh, Greg Thompson over at yep. Cover One is on there. Anthony Brasco was on there as well. So make sure you go check that out. Make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at Eric Quinn716 and check out his show. You know what? Not just even him and Greg. Go to the cover one channel on YouTube. Pretty much putting out a show every single day. Bangers out there, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, hey, brother. Take care, man.
2: Appreciate you, man. All
1: right, guys. We'll be back with a new show on a Friday. Take care.